0: Hello my fellow geoscience aficionados, you are listening to Nice Chats, from the Geology Podcast Network. I'm Dr. B, and in each episode I will interview an expert in various areas in geoscience, and share with you a little bit of their knowledge and expertise in the research of natural problems. Each of our episodes has a central theme, and since we'll have an expert walk us through the various subjects, you don't need to worry about having any previous knowledge of what we'll be talking about. As long as you're passionate about the study of geosciences, I, with the help of our guests and occasional co-hosts, will take care of fitting all the information that you need in a casual and fun environment. Oh, 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 Today is a special episode. Happy holidays, everyone. I was visited by the three ghosts of Christmas. And they helped me remember what I learned so far on this podcast about the past, present and future of our planet. But before we get into it, what about a carol? If you want to sing along with us, you can find the lyrics on travelinggeologist.com or on the show notes of this episode.
1: Christmas, my dear friends brought to me a low tide that caused a TV. On the second day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me two wedding planes and a low tide that caused a On the third day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me three on a two wedding planes and a low tide that caused a My dear friends brought to me floating songs with, with light three Gone on a molly, Two the batting plates, plates And a low tide that caused a TP On the fifth day of Christmas My dear friends brought to me A low tide star Voting songs with, with light, light three the sixth day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me Little Shallow Wells, a uh, no type star. Floating songs with light on and on a molly, two wedding plates and a low tide that caused a On the seventh day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me Physical abrasion, Little Shallow Wells. Uh, With light three, on a molly two bedding plates And, and the low pilot had caused a T.P. On the eighth day of Christmas my dear friends brought to me Gold and mm-hmm. silver nuggets, physical abrasion, mm-hmm. little shallow wells a mm-hmm. no time star mm-hmm. Floating stones with light three, on a molly two bedding place. A on the ninth day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me
2: A steep
1: slope golden gold <laughs> and silver nuggets, physical abrasion, little shallow wells, A no-time star, floating songs with light, three on a molly, two bedding plates, And a low tide that caused a teepee. Mass, my dear friends, brought to me.
2: Some high, high,
1: a steep slope angle, golden, silver nuggets, physical operation, little shallow wells, An no time star Horizons stones with life, three
2: on molly,
1: two batting planes, and a low tide that caused a seventh day of Christmas, my dear friends brought to me Rips and related more some ahoy hoy A steep slope angle, gold and silver nuggets Physical operation, little shallow wells A no-type star Voting zones with light, 3 on a molly true batting plates And the load by that cause a tear brought to me elongated mink of fishes recent related hall, Some pa hoi a steep slope angle, gold and silver nuggets, physical operation, little shallow wells,
0: Nice Chats is part of the Geology Podcast Network and it is sponsored by Traveling Geologist. Follow Traveling Geologist on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. More episodes of this and other GPN podcasts are available at TravelingGeologist.com or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now, I think I saw the ghost of Christmas best from the corner of my eye. Or did I forget to turn off the plasma again? Oh. So when I was on my first year of university, in my Intro to Geology class, I learned that a fundamental rule of geology is uniformitarism. So this concept was proposed by James Hutton. But anyway, the major idea behind uniformitarism is that the present is the key to the past, meaning that the idea that Earth has always changed in uniform ways and that we can look into present processes to understand certain rocks, uh, how certain rocks were formed. For example, when you see ripple marks in a sandstone, you can look to the sediments at the bottom of rivers or seas and there you observe similar textures to the ripples found in the rocks. And then you realize that these are processes that are behind the development of that sedimentary structure in rocks that are millions and even billions of years old. But, that's not necessarily true for everything in the early Earth. Um, what are some of the differences between the geological processes that we observe today and some of the things that were happening during the Archean and
2: Hadean? That's a fundamental question that I think we're all grappling with. Um, and, you know, again, it's one of those things that invoke strong responses in people. Some would say that, look, really, it wasn't that different, and the uniformitarian. Approach is valid. Others would say, look, there are fundamental differences and we have to account for them. I, my personal belief is that there are differences, um, but they are related to the same physical processes. In other words, I think of uniformitarianism as more about um, the physics, the way the Earth behaves. So there's a set of chemical reactions, there's a set of you know, electromagnetic responses, um, and they're not going to change the gravity was still operating 4.5 billion years ago etc so in that sense you know uniformitarianism is valid but um, i suppose the important point is that clearly you know the earth uh, the interior of the earth was a lot hotter and so the way the, the rocks of the earth responded to that higher um, gradient higher thermal gradient was different than it is today the chemical reactions involved um, were probably the same kind of chemical reactions but the physics of the rocks um, behave differently. And so some of the responses to that are that, um, you know, the the strength of rocks, their rheology changes through time, and so uh, the way the um, outer shell of the earth has responded to those changes has also changed through time, as has, of course, the way... um, We, and by we I mean the biosphere, has interacted and uh, responded through time. And so, you know, there was no probably biosphere 4.55 billion years ago. It's evolved and there's kind of this feedback mechanism.
0: The spirit of Christmas is personified in its open heart, open hand and outstretched arm. It spreads joy over all, like a force of nature. Everyone is entitled to be a little happier on Christmas, and the ghost of Christmas present helps them to be so. Now, the majority of people that are non-geoscientists uh, that I know, you know, they have a real hard time imagining events that happen past, maybe, like, the Roman Empire or the Greek Civilization. You know, that's that's where we start in school to study the world history. Right. So for many people, processes that last over a thousand years are very hard to imagine. But then, you know, we get into university and we open our hearts and minds to geosciences and then we go the other way. Right. We tend to overcompensate. And now all of a sudden we start thinking about processes that last over millions of years. And that you know, we consider to be normal. I mean, what is a million years for a planet that has 4,500 million years? However, there are a lot of processes in geosciences as a whole, but, uh, but also specifically in geology that shape the Earth and that actually happen relatively quickly. So my question is, in the case of landscape building processes, you know, these that are, we, we are discussing today, what category can we fit them into? What I mean is, what is the time scale of these processes?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, as you said, landscape building processes uh, span across different time scales. So there are instantaneous processes which modify the Earth's surface, like a single landslides or river floods or a single volcanic eruption mm-hmm. that modify the landscape uh, and take minutes or hours. But if you zoom out and you realize that, for example, the volcano belongs to an origin made of a series of volcanoes developed uh, behind a subduction zone. Mm-hmm. So you realize that the landscape you are looking at at present is the aggregation of million-year lasting processes. So the, the important thing, I think, is to never forget the multi-scale approach in studying the Earth systems, uh, both uh, let's say recent and older because the landscape collects all of them. Mm -hmm.
0: Unlike the two previous spirits who come at the stroke of one, the ghost of Christmas yet to come makes its appearance on the last stroke of 12, the witching hour. If we want to change into, you know, battery energy being our main, or renewable energy being our main source of, of, uh, of energy, we need to produce batteries. And in order to do that, for example, metals like lithium and cobalt, um, we actually have prediction that they, the, the current supply that we know or the current um, reserves that we know wouldn't be sufficient to obtain that goal. No. Yeah, how can geoscientists contribute to, you know, increasing the supply of these of these important metals?
3: Yeah, so on that front of not reaching demand uh, demand not reaching supply not reaching demand, it's the wrong right way around. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there are predictions that by twenty twenty five there will not be enough lithium produced to meet the demand for electric vehicles. That is four years' time. <laughs>
0: Wow, I didn't didn't realize it was, like, you know, so... Yeah,
3: we're talking five to ten years, and that's just for lithium. You know, lithium demand is predicted to increase, I think, it's like 500%, you know, within the next few decades. Um, And so, yeah, I think, quickly harking back to people not understanding the role of of the mining industry, they say, oh, well, you know... um, why can't we recycle the elements and and put them in the new cars and it's like that is a great idea and that you know recycling will definitely have a place but a if you take a an electric vehicle each electric vehicle has 10 kilograms of lithium in it and we you know countries are talking about changing their entire fleet of cars from combustion engines to electric vehicles 100 million cars are made every year globally and each of them have 10 kilograms of lithium so that just gives you like a rough estimate of what we need just for lithium and then if you look at copper um an electric vehicle because it's electric has four times the amount of copper than a regular vehicle if you know if we recycled all of the vehicles tomorrow that are currently on you know the planet we would not have enough copper um and so geoscientists can contribute to this you know, supply by essentially finding these new deposits um, and as you mentioned earlier you know that 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 demand that current production will not uh, that current supply sorry will not meet the demand um, and so geologists need to come up with kind of modern exploration techniques not just traditional mapping you know a lot of those easy deposits have been found so we need those more non-invasive, kind of low-cost techniques to find deposits that haven't been found or indeed expand on our understanding of current deposits. Um, And it is a race against time. takes on average 10 years from finding a deposit to mining a deposit. And so if you take the UK automotive industry, for example, by 2030, which is what nine years time all all new vehicles in the UK will have to be electric so if we need the, the lithium that we need for 2030 should have been found last year
1: mm-hmm.
3: that is the race against time that a lot of these supply chains have found themselves in to put it in context and it's it's yeah that's that's why it's an exciting but also a challenging time I think for a lot of people
1: I hope you enjoyed
0: our bottle episode as much as I did. Stay tuned for a new season coming out next year. But in the meantime, go back and listen to all of our past episodes. If you want to suggest a theme or a guest for season two, you can write to us at nicechats@gmail.com. At Happy holidays, and don't get upset if you get a lump of coal as long as it's from the Carboniferous. Speaking of which, do you know who decides and how does it get made? The limits of the geological timescale. Maybe I'll do a future bonus episode on that. What do you think? See you then.